This is a program about going deeper. It's about creating a culture of learning. It's about putting apostolic feet to prophetic hope. It is our mission to purposefully equip the world to transform their region with God's love. We want to create an atmosphere of divine influence to the nations by walking in the power of His Holy Spirit with a faith that shapes the future. Welcome to Eagle Mountain Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to Eagle Mountain Radio. My name is Chris Bakey. I'll be your host today. I am with some amazing people and I'm super excited to dig into this. And uh, so what we've got with us is we've got Bobby Hobby. Bobby, hey guys, what's going on today, man? I'm excited to talk about all things tech. Did I just blow the secret of what we're talking about? (laughs) You may have, you may have, but not too much. Um, We also have Chris Keel here from Restore 7. Chris, how are you doing? Good, good, guys. Excited to be here. And the tech that Bobby just unveiled is uh, we've got Ryan Collins with us, who is heading up the Bethel School of Technology. Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm excited for this conversation. Yeah, me too. So what's cool is, I I mean, I've said this before in past episodes, but it's just so awesome that we can literally come together from all over, Mm -hmm. all over the place. Ryan, when people hear Bethel, I think they think you're in Reading, but are you in Reading today or are you somewhere else? Uh, I'm somewhere else today, but yeah, we're, we're based out of Reading. Okay. And then Chris, you're still coming from us uh, from Tennessee, right? Yes, sir. We are right, right below Nashville. And I'm ro- I'm on the road. I'm literally in central Washington. Normally I'm in Bend down there with Bobby, but um, today we're actually on the road. So it's cool to be able to do something like this, especially as we're talking about technology and um, and Bethel Technology, School of Technology. So Ryan, I'd love to just jump in. First of all, not everyone that's listening to this may know. Can you lay a foundation? First of all, what is Bethel School of Technology? I think a lot of people aren't even aware that there's that such a thing exists. So let's start by laying a foundation. What are we actually talking about? Yeah, so we are the first ever online Christian coding boot camp in the world. Uh, We launched in January of 2018 uh, as part of Bethel Church. Uh, Our senior leader is Bill Johnson, our senior associate leader, Chris Vallotton. And uh, we focused on on in-demand tech skills like software development, data science, UI, UX design. We're getting ready to launch cybersecurity next year. Um, the most in-demand tech skills for uh, individuals to go into the marketplace and serve companies with excellence in both skill and character uh, and usher the presence of God into the most influential space in the world, which is the tech space. Wow, that is awesome. So h- how many students currently are taking advantage of, of the school? We run about 300 students uh, a year. Uh, 80% of our students are graduating 80, uh, on time. 80% of our students are getting jobs within 120 days of graduation. Um, yeah. Phenomenal success stories of our students going from having no background in technology and then going through our program in nine months and then three months later going from barely making minimum wage to making $65,000 a year and, and beyond. We just had a student that just signed on uh, her first job offer after uh, finishing our program at $90,000. Wow, that's, awesome. um, that's Way so to, Yeah, it's great. Wow. It's cool. Yeah, so as we talk about this, I, I'd love to just get everybody's thoughts on this, actually. Um, so I, 
Ryan, would you consider Bethel, uh, would you consider the school alternative learning? Like, how would you describe that? Yeah, I think um, that's a great way to put it. Um, you know, it's your non-traditional type of higher education. Uh, we're a, a boot camp, uh, the, a coding boot camp, which is really kind of risen in prominence over the last 10 plus years. And the whole idea is this accelerated learning program that's immediately applicable so that you can get in, get out and get a job. So instead of spending, you know, upwards of $150,000 on a four-year computer science degree, you can go through our program nine months for a fraction of the time and fraction of the cost and go and, and our, our program has um, incredible outcomes. Like, you know, 80% of our students are getting jobs within 120 wow. days of graduation. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I, I assume that that would that you'd be considered that you would consider yourself alternative learning. So the question that I'd love everybody to dig into is what how and why do we see this alternative learning? However, you want to define that. I think there's a lot of people define that differently. But how and why is that seem to be taking a strong foothold right now? Like, why is it important now more than ever? What, do, what are you guys thoughts on that? Well, I love exactly what Ryan just said. You can go in, you can find your niche, you could go right after it in an accelerated program. And before you know it, it's not $150,000 and four years later. You're out in a short time, you found what you wanted to go for. And that's where, you know, uh, education is trending anyway, more trade school type right. education mm -hmm. all over the planet. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I would just second that. I mean, it reminds me of the trade school model, um, but for tech, um, which is so awesome. And I love, um, I'd love to hear from Ryan, actually, Ryan, kind of what was the heart and, and from the Bethel standpoint of like, even wanting to get into something like, like this? I mean, obviously, I think most people are familiar with Bethel through the ministry, through the church, through the worship, like, what, what was the kind of thing that was like, let's get into tech? Yeah, well, yeah, I love this conversation. So first of all, you guys are absolutely right that there are new pathways of education that are taking shape. I think we're in a season of disruption in higher ed mm -hmm. because you've got the largest consumer debt in America is the student loan debt, 1.6 trillion and counting. You have 36 million Americans with some college credit and, and no degree. Um, so they're just sitting on college credits. And then you've got uh, the, the rise of the tuition costs um, doubling um, you know, 2x the, the rate of inflation. You're not really seeing the outcomes tied to um, the rising costs. So, you know, uh, students are consumers and they're savvy. And so they're looking for alternative pathways. And so you, anytime that you have something like that happening, you, you get new types of um, programs that come to the forefront that are, are there to help people. And so, uh, you know, and then the second part of that question, Chris, is that, um, you know, Bethel is known for our intentionality in advancing the kingdom in all spaces. Mm -hmm. So that's in step with what we do at Bethel Tech. Like the, the drive-by narrative is that um, the tech space and the body of Christ are, are you know, two mutually exclusive entities. And we're like, no, actually, I believe that the tech space and the the high level of, uh, of faith in the invisible mm -hmm. realm that we can actually transfer information through invisible space actually points to Hebrews 11.3, at least the second part of it, that the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. It's just that first part of it that says that, that by faith we understand that God spoke the worlds into existence. Mm -hmm. I think there's a curtain on that, but 
But like, why not? Like this actually points yeah. to the brilliance of the creator and it's the most influential space in the world. Um, we need to actually usher the presence of God in the space and shift the atmosphere by being the love of Christ, by serving companies with excellence in both skill and character. And it's actually that character component of our program that has um, given us an invitation in some of the leading tech companies in the world yeah. because... Yeah. You know, we teach things like culture of honor, healthy rela relationship and community, uh, brave communication. These are all kingdom values. But these are the same types of human skills or character skills mm -hmm. that companies are investing millions of dollars to improve their workplace culture. So they actually yeah. gave us a seat at the table um, at the, some of the leading tech companies in the world because of our kingdom values, which is so awesome. Yeah. Kingdom values. Awesome. We, we hosted, I'll say one thing, we'll, uh, we, we hosted, shortly after we started, we hosted a panel discussion at Google's headquarters talking about the intersection of faith and technology. And when we started talking about having the mind of Christ, you could literally see some of the most brilliant technologists lean in. They, they pique their curiosity and it's like, oh, that's an open door to actually share the love of Christ yeah. and the brilliance of our creator. Yeah, I absolutely love that because I think, this is true in a lot of different verticals, but in technology, especially it's like um, the skills that are needed are more of the character skills. A lot of the time than the technology skills, because the technology landscape changes so fast. I, I used to work in um, a company where I managed software developers and I was always astounded at how many people would graduate. This was about 10 years ago. This was about 14 years ago, actually. But I was astounded how many people would graduate with classes like Fortran and just things that hadn't been used for a long time, but it was part of the program, the part of their four-year computer science degree. And really none of that mattered. Really it was about how they came to the table in their learning style because very rarely were they actually – studied in school the technology stack that we had so yeah. they had to relearn it anyway right yeah. and and they just spent all of this time and money investing in themselves in things that actually weren't going to be useful in the marketplace what was learn useful was how to how to learn how you know how things worked but that's only that was only 20 percent of what they actually studied in school yeah, I love what you're talking about. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, our teaching philosophy is to um, focus on context. Uh, you know, if somebody can be a context expert that they, you know, the content they can learn very, very quickly, but they got to have a solid foundation. And I've talked to multiple CTOs and CIOs, and they'll, they'll talk about that character piece. They'll say, look, yeah. if you forced me to choose be some, between someone who was an A plus in skill, um, but was a, you know, a C plus in character or vice versa, I take the person on the high character side of it because, you know, we can teach the skills if we can get them in the door. Um, but that character piece of it, man, that can really drag us down. It's really hard to instill that once they're in the, in the workplace. That's awesome. I, uh, I would love to hear if you guys have had any stories of just like, I don't know, that character piece kind of showing, um, that specific training kind of raising people to the top in an environment that might surprise these companies. I, I feel like that would be really interesting to see someone at, you know, the Google guys or Facebook or someone Amazon saying, wow, these, these Bethel guys are like, they're totally bred differently. Um, you know, and how we see them perform and how we see them operate in our, in our companies. Do you guys, do you guys have any stories like that? 
Yeah, but we get multiple emails and responses from hiring managers just saying that um, these are some of the best interviews that they've had. And then six months later, they're like, man, these people are just like through the roof. They know how to drink from a fire hose and they do such a good job of, um, you know, caring about their coworkers as well. I do have a a story that I'll share. Um, We had a student uh, who... um, he actually, he and his wife didn't have a lot of money. Um, they were living in a trailer um, outside a, a large city. And um, he was actually a, a dreamer, DACA um, and kid, uh, deferred, I think it's a der, deferred action for childhood mm-hmm. arrivals. Um, well, during COVID, uh, the, his renewal process got delayed. Uh, and they, um, he and his wife were going to move to another city. They had very little income at all. He was working as a custodian at an apartment complex, went through our program, and then got a, a paid apprenticeship uh, at a, a, a well-known tech firm. And, um, you know, the idea was that he was going to have his, his status renewed, but because of COVID, everything just kind of came to a halt. And, um, and so he got the, the apprenticeship and uh, they were going to pay him. And his expectation was that he was going to get uh, his, his status renewed. Well, it didn't happen. And so um, he could have not told them and he would have been totally fine. He needed the money. He and his wife had no money. Um, she was going back to school. And, uh, but, you know, it's that integrity piece, that nobility piece. And so he came to his boss and said, look, I was fully expecting to get my status renewed. It hasn't happened yet. There's been a delay. Um, I'd love to still volunteer for you guys, but I can't actually receive money from you right now. And they were so moved by that character. Um, and it just so happens that his boss um, is, is connected uh, to uh, the head of DACA for um, one state and then um, was friends with the head of DACA at the state that he was moving to. So um, he sent the email to her and she went to the uh, director of the state that he was moving to. And uh, within weeks, he was able to get his DACA status renewed. Wow. That integrity piece that moved everything forward. And his boss was so moved by that. You didn't have to do that. He's like, I, I had to do that. That's, that's, that, I mean, that's my character. That's wow. what still, I mean, that's, that's, that's wow. nobility. So, and I've, I've kind of, um, broadened that, I generalized it a little bit for the sake of the, uh, the situation, but it's just beautiful to see how character obedience to God, God's ma- like honored his yes and multiplied it so that, um, he could go and do things and get things above and beyond what he possibly imagined. So it's, it's pretty amazing. Wow. Awesome. That's great. So Ryan, let's, uh, let's talk about the piece that technology plays in reformation. Uh, where God's transforming society in all spheres of society. And at the top of the list is technology. You can't transform the world without being cutting-edge technology. Talk to us about the role that technology plays in Reformation. Well, I think, as you, as you mentioned, Bobby, I think uh, tech has uh, influence in every sphere. I mean, it is the gatekeeper of information. Every company, to some degree, considers itself a tech company, Uh, whether it's a fast food company or a manufacturing company. They're all um, focused on uh, on building and growing their digital um, identity and footprint. And they need technologists uh, um, to to be able to accomplish that. So 
Um, yeah. And, you know, never before in history have we been able to communicate with people instantaneously just with the, on, on, to the masses, to the ends of the earth um, with a push of the button. And so I think that, you know, the most important, most influential zip code in the country uh, is in Silicon Valley. And as such, uh, they, we, we need to um, we need to pair the love of Christ um, with technology. I actually think that those two are not mutually exclusive, but they are eternally linked. Again, going back to Hebrews 11.3, I think if there was a gate on the tech space, um, that that would be the mantra that's on it, um, at least that second part. And uh, it actually points to the brilliance of our Creator. So I think that actually um, we're on the cusp of a next great movement of God from believers in the marketplace, like Billy Graham said back in 2000. And I think that the catalyst for that will be the tech space because uh, the um, just how uh, ubiquitous tech is in, in not only our everyday lives as people, but in, in the yeah. marketplace. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I, I have an add-on to that question. I think that's a great question, Bobby. I, I remember hearing or reading about an article I don't know if it was in Fast or Inc., something like that, <clears throat> about Elon Musk and um, Steve Jobs when he was alive. I know that the Google guys did this as well. They would all kind of go out to Burning Man, and they would talk about how they would go out to Burning Man, take a bunch of, like, psychedelics, essentially, and they talked about how they would kind of, like, channel the spirits and figure out the next thing that they wanted to push through their companies, which I thought to myself, if I wasn't a believer, like, that's, like, I mean, they're they're thinking supernaturally at least about what they're doing you know they don't under, they might not be totally locked in to like actually that that's like totally the wrong direction but what what's like the what's the kingdom version um of trying to tap into to the spiritual realm to like understand god's solutions i think is what what i would respond to them i think that there there is an antidote to what they're saying i'm not at all supporting that i just i was struck by how intentional they were to try to access a deeper realm yep. to get solutions. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. You know, you think about it um, that, well, you know, anything that has power, the devil will counterfeit or attempt mm -hmm. to counterfeit. And I believe that our modern technology and communication networks are one of the most powerful forces in society today. And um, I believe that actually our modern technology is uh, birthed out of Holy Spirit relationship and actually um, operating in the invisible realm. In fact, I think the most influential innovators in history um, they operate and function in an invisible realm. And so, um, and I talk about, you know, we've got this conference coming up. I talk about this in detail. God took me on this journey of trying to discover the origin of this Holy Spirit partnership. And he actually took me back to um, a 19th century Scottish physicist named James Clerk, Clerk Maxwell, um, who is considered the most important physicist between Newton and Einstein. And uh, he discovered that uh, light, the electromagnetic wave you can transfer information from one place to the next through empty space since no space is empty and this is the foundation for wi-fi and and radar and satellite and all these things that we take advantage of in our technology today but you know somewhere along the line we didn't take the baton from maxwell and so there was this, there was this opportunity and um and so i think there is a curiosity because i think that um you know god calls us to um explore his nature i mean it proverbs 25 2 says 
says, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, and it's the glory of kings to search a matter out. I think it's innate in us to explore. We're discoverers, and, and we get to partner with the Holy Spirit to discover the gifts that God has for us in the invisible realm and pull them into the natural world. So the way I look at it, Chris, and I've seen some of those articles. I've seen you know, New York Times back in 2017 came out with an article talking about where does Silicon Valley go um, to get its um, spirituality and its crisis of the soul, and it didn't mention Christianity, but I do think we have an open door. It's like Paul in Athens when he went and saw the statues to all the different gods, and right in the middle was the statue to the unknown God, and he said, instead of condemning them, he said, you know, he honored them for their curiosity, and he said, I know the unknown God that you uh, have the statue for. Let me tell you about it. We have an open door to do that. And if we will actually operate with the mind of Christ, like Paul tells us to in 1 Corinthians, uh, then we can actually pull creative solutions in partnership with the Holy Spirit that will serve as the building block for our next epic season of scientific discovery and technological innovation. Love that. Man, that is awesome. So I I love what you're doing because I feel like at least what what my experience is a lot of the christian world looks at technology as a very dangerous like a like a like a like an old dynamite that's unstable right like oh man technology stay away from that be careful you know ah that's, that's scary and what i love about what you guys are doing is you is you're embracing it and say hey no let's not be afraid of this let's do this kingdom way let's do this under a kingdom mindset but i'm assuming i'm guessing that there's been a ton of pushback or at least some pushback like can you talk about the things you've had to push through or resistance that you've had from people that maybe actually should have been supporting what you're doing or has that not happened you know you you do hear the drive-by narrative that um that the tech space is an entirely humanistic endeavor and that it's anti-God. And then there are things that we're seeing that it's like, okay, um, it seems like there's a, there's a war going on here. There's, there's uh, action reaction on both sides. And I feel like, I I feel like we have blinders on and I think it's, it's really a matter of finding common ground and coming to the table. Um, And yeah, so, uh, but I, I do, largely do have other organizations, kingdom-minded believers who are cheering us on because it was time to expand the walls of the church in this space. It was time to break down the walls of the church and not recluse ourselves to a building. You know, I feel like the church is not adverse to hard work. Like if you've ever planted a church before, um, man, like I plant, we helped plant a mobile church and oh my gosh, that'll, that'll, You'll be if you don't nap, you will nap every Sunday afternoon after you're done with that. I don't think the church is adverse to hard work. Where I think the church gets uncomfortable is in the unfamiliar. So, but we're, we're called to go into these unfamiliar spaces. And so, um, yeah, I mean, by and large, I think that um, most churches and, and kingdom minded organizations um, have been really supportive and are excited about what we're doing. Now, what's interesting, they might be you know, cheering us on from afar. But as we continue to grow, I mean, we're three and a half years into this Newsweek for three years in a row is listed as one of the top coding schools in the country. Um, you know, wow. we, we continue to produce these this excellent talent. Um, and we've got these amazing testimonies of transformation within our program. Like more and more are like, hey, I'm, I'm grabbing a hold of this, but you need people to be pioneers and, and blaze that trail. And we're happy to do that. I mean, that's the nature of Bethel. And it has been, for since since i've known of it so 
Yeah. We do need people blazing the trail. I remember when uh, the internet came out and uh, the fear of the unknown, right? People were like, oh, WWW, I think that's the Hebrew symbol for 666. <laughs> And we were just like, and, and it was it was embarrassing because the church was just lagging in that area of, yeah, instead of innovating, instead of being on the cutting edge, and instead of uh, people looking to us to to write the narrative and, and to lead that, uh, we we tend to operate from the back legs, so to speak, instead of leaning in. And all that's changing now with schools like uh, what Ryan's leading and what Bethel's doing and people all over the planet. And now we're starting to lead in technology. We're not afraid of it. As a matter of fact, we're creating it. And yeah. instead of just enduring it or wondering if we're entering into the mark of the beast, now uh, we're we're creating something from heaven, and God is seen as right in the middle of the conversation because yeah. we're in the middle of the conversation. Yeah. yeah, that's so good. I love that, Bobby. And I'll just tell you, we have an open door right now. Like God is inviting us to explore this. Um, this beautiful part of his nature as creator and designer of the universe and with him and to reveal his nature as a loving father. Um, and, you know, right now we are on the cusp of um, an epic season in technology that I believe we will, uh, it'll be catalyzed by believers who will partner with the Holy spirit, but the, the next wave is quantum computing. And I mean, you've got the leading tech companies hiring quantum physicists and, and quantum, quantum computing is all based on um, is on quantum mechanics, which is uh, describing the smallest parts of our universe, atoms, subatomic particles, molecules. And, and these these physicists are dissecting the atom into its smallest parts. And as they're and these are leading tech companies. Um, and as they are dissecting the atom in its smallest parts, they can't understand how these subatomic particles are operating and existing to the point that they say that there has to be a guiding force in another universe that's causing these to operate and exist. The matter is crying out that God is creator, Jesus yeah. is king. So what are we going to do with that invitation? Are we going to are we going to create division, or are we going to actually come in uh, like Paul and and like say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying here? Like the, God will show up if we will show up because we actually carry Him with us wherever we go. We get to shift these atmospheres. We don't do it from invasion or from a militant perspective, but from invita invitation and leading people with an encounter with the the innovation the brilliance and the love of christ come on absolutely, absolutely. I, you you uh, reminded me of a of a quote that elon musk i heard recently they they asked him if he believed in god and he kind of chuckled a little bit and he said well i'll say this the more we discover the more um the more that it requires a godlike answer because all of the it was something like all of the preconceived ideas that we've had keep breaking down yeah that's, that sounds, that sounds yeah, pretty, yeah dude what were you gonna say? yeah oh i don't know was that bobby or chris were you gonna say something well i love the discussion like the way this is going i just had a, I had a question um that i was more curious about related to like students thinking about coming to bethel can can they get uh school funding like can they get loans for this like are you guys accredited in the sense that like can they take out a loan for this and then yeah. is there any accreditation that happens afterwards like i know that some trade schools will be accredited for you guys have any of that that could kind of ease the 
the path for people to trying to do this? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question, Chris. So we are one of the one of the few coding boot camps that actually has um, Title IV eligibility in partnership with regionally accredited universities. So we have a great relationship with William Jessup University, which is based out of uh, Rockland, California in, in Sacramento. Um, and our program actually articulates as 27 college credits into their computer science degree. So students that want to come in through our program, um, yeah, they can access, um, you know, Title IV student, low interest bearing student loans, uh, Pell Grant, Cal Grant, different things like that. And that's a that's a game changer for a lot of our students because um, mm -hmm. most of them, you know, they're they're pivoting their careers. They're they're not making that much money before they come into our program, and that's a great opportunity for them to. Um, to utilize that. And then if they want to persist on, get a job and then get a get finish their degree, that's the I think that that's actually the wave of the future with higher ed. Like instead of spending four years, $150,000 in debt, spend the next 15 years paying it off and, and slowly by slowly as you get promotions and a job, go through a program like ours for a fraction of the time, a fraction of the cost, get a job. You know, that's paying 65K starting salary, which is typical for a, a junior developer. And then that company will actually help you finish your degree. Most companies have tuition reimbursement, tuition assistance programs. So you can drastically reduce your dependency on any type of student loan debt. And I think that'll actually solve our, our number one consumer debt in America, which wow. is student loan debt. Wow, that is so awesome. I'd love to get you guys all to weigh in on this, this next question. I, so basically what the way i see it when i think i hear you saying also ryan is that we're we're at a convergence uh in history right so it's a convergence in history where for the first time high speed internet access is almost ubiquitous in fact i i know that globally we've actually just crossed 60 percent of people in the world that are alive today have access to high speed internet so all of a sudden unlike the the last thousands of years now people have access to technology in a way where they didn't have that before i'd love to hear from all of you guys how how does things like what you're doing at the at this school play into that to fill a need that didn't even really exist 10 or 15 years ago yeah i mean I, I love where we're going that we can communicate with to all the ends of the earth. You know, I mean, God's called us to um, to bring the good news to, to everyone. Um, yeah. And so uh, we, we get to do that and we get to help people too. like we're you know, our, we have people from all over the world that go through our program. So as techno technology is creating opportunities um, to, to do more. And I think it can like it can drastically shape um, ecosystems, economies, like we just have to, we just have to continue. And, and, you know, as, as, like you said, as, as, uh, internet becomes ubiquitous and I know there's great companies, including, you know, Elon's got a uh, Starlink and you have Google focusing on that, like, man, yeah. what a beautiful opportunity to reach people that you didn't get to reach before and then create opportunities for them to learn and grow. And, you know, I even think about like, you know, you guys, you may know the guys, Charity Water, uh, Scott Harrison and what they're doing and his audacious goal is to bring uh, clean water to every every person in the world you know and you've got you know women and children who spend eight hours a day 
just trying to find, you know, go, uh, walking all day, trying to find clean water. It, they can't do anything else. There's an opportunity cost. But, he, you know, they've set up these wells and they've got IoT sensors on their wells so they can track the water flow. And what that means for those communities now that they don't have to focus on things that we take, you know, advantage of in a first world country. Now, what can they do at that time? Well, could yeah. they learn to code? Because you can be a coder and work from anywhere in the world. You can work remote and you can then start bringing in 50, 60 K. What would that mean for your family and your community? Like these are the things that, you know, innovation should drive humanity forward. I would say from a kingdom perspective, the idea of, of innovation is that it actually moves humanity heavenward. So can we be the, uh, the stewards of that? And then it actually points to the love of Jesus. And then we see people, and revival and reformation breaks out. Wow. Those are my two cents. That's real good. <laughs> That's good. Well, I like, I like those two cents. That's amazing. I think that what God's doing right now all over the planet, I mean, think about it, 60%. I was just like responding to that 60%, thinking it through, going, oh my goodness, that second and even third world countries now are experiencing... Uh, technology, uh, access to social media, all of those things that that provides. And probably third world countries uh, would have been seen as uh, the equivalent of first world, you know, 10 years ago, because everything's changing and moving. And you can see the acceleration that God's speeding things up and to not be right in the midst of all that around the globe. I mean, what an opportunity that I think the church would look back on and go, we missed that opportunity. But yeah. I love what God's putting in the hearts of people right now. And again, putting like Ryan, you can tell his speech is Jesus has to be right in the midst of all of that. So if you can see that resolution within him, I refuse to do this without Jesus. It's an opportunity. And when we keep that our priority, uh, those are the revolutionaries, the imaginaries uh, that we're expecting and we've been praying to come on the planet. That's what it's going to take. Mm -hmm. That's great, Bobby. I totally agree with that. I think it's a huge tactical error for the body to not totally be in, involved in this in the midst of it. And so we, it'd be a huge mistake for us not to do it. But I think even something that I would add to that, I, I want to look forward and I want to hear the testimonies of the heaven solutions that believers fought, like brought forward, that there was like things that the world couldn't solve that it was only top, type, tapping into that God mind, the Christ-like mind, that produced such revolutionary things for the world that created hope and sustainability and all the things that we need right now. Um, I want to hear the testimony of people that were connected to God to get those ideas and bring those to the earth. Yeah, it's so good. Wow, so good. Um, yeah. I feel like this is a perfect segue. So, you know, we've got this event that's coming up. Um, and it's, it's called Restore um, Family and Education. Um, and it's October 22nd and 23rd. But I was just thinking about this as you were talking, Ryan. And you said how technology basically touches every part of society. And um, I feel like, so society, there, there's these, right? There's this, this seven mountain concept. And most people that are listening to this are going to be familiar to it. And all of these things touch each other. But what's interesting is when you said that, I was thinking to myself, wow, that is really true. Like technology touches pretty much every part of society. And so does education because education fuels 
um, the minds and the thinking and the the kind of the seat of the way people approach the world. So you're working in education and technology. I feel like are the two most influential pieces for all of society's other areas of society today. Yeah. So it's just like the weight of that um, was kind of profound. So I'd love to hear as we're talking about this event that's coming up, why now is so relevant. And by the way, if you're if you're unaware, Ryan is going to be one of the speakers at this event. So I'm super excited to hear what he's going to bring. But I'd love to hear from each one of you guys, like why it's so powerful and relevant and timely and important that everybody understands these areas of technology and family and education um, because they're touching, they're literally touching every other piece of society. What do you guys think about that? Is that true? Would, would you agree with that? Yeah, I don't know if Bobby or Chris, if you want to weigh in. I mean, I've got my thoughts. So, <laughs> yeah. Go for it, Ryan. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think technology and education have a symbiotic relationship. And, you know, and what we'll talk about in the conference is this, um, this pivotal point in history where uh, Maxwell and some other believers in the 19th century partnered with the Holy Spirit to um, manifest a third heaven solution in the in the first heaven in the physical world. And I think that that's actually what, you know, when that becomes part of mankind's collective consciousness, it it we then actually build education around um, those uh, those creative solutions or innovations that have been put into place in the physical yeah. world. I'm super excited about that. And, um, you know, I think that uh, it's going to be important for us. I actually think that the next season, the next epic season, and, I, you know, the epic, I'm using the Greek word E-P-O-C-H, which is a season that's no, uh, that's characterized by notable events. Um, um, Kairos moments, we talk about that. Uh, Chris Valton, my, my uh, friend and mentor um, and boss at Bethel, um, talks about Kairos moments, you know, that the Greeks had. Uh, two measurements of time, the ancient Greeks, chronos, where we get chronological, and in Kairos, where it's a qualitative measurement of time. Mm -hmm. And so these Kairos moments where divine favor meets divine opportunity, I believe that we're entering into that, and um, that this next season, the, the greatest intellect will come out of faith in partnership with the Holy Spirit. And so that's where education is shifting. But in order to do that, I think we do need to, God gave me a word about rediscovering our origins. And then shortly after that, Chris got this word about going back to the old gym, like in Rocky. And then I have a friend who's a senior innovations fellow at Oxford University talking about redigging the wells of wow. the Holy Spirit. Like we're ha like God is stirring this up in people in these significant um, parts of, of, of geography um in the world that are like hey no let's go back to the origin let's reset it because there's a false narrative that's been created around origin and even when i talked about those leading quantum physicists dissecting the atom and, and talking about a parallel universe or multiverse theory they point that back to the big bang and evolution that's taken place over 14 billion years ago that somehow over 
billions of years that these universes are interacting. But I, I, I believe the stones are crying out. And so the greatest yeah. intellect will actually come from faith. So we have to rediscover, we have to expose the lie of the false narrative that was created whenever the body of Christ didn't take the baton from Maxwell. And we have to use that as a, as a, 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 a stepping stone or a platform to move us into the next epic season. I believe okay. the next scientific okay. epic season, which education will come under as a, as a byproduct and, and fruit, um, will actually be a catalyst, like I said, for uh, the next great movement of God. Man, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. awesome. What if education was linked to solving the world's most pressing problems? So you reverse engineered it. Uh, yeah, you might have your foundation, your general education, but what if you were spe uh, specified saying, hey, wait, this is something that the Lord has shown me that I'm on the planet to solve, and I want to spend my time, energy, resources discovering how to fix that problem, and I'm going to delve into so that my education is based on targeting that thing. That's why I'm on the planet. And if we could reverse engineer education a bit and combine it with solving the world's most pressing problems, now you've got technology leading. I'm hanging out with guys who are using Zenic waves on the surface of the earth to create power grids wirelessly. And when you think about uh, those guys saying, hey, and you ask them, why did you do it? Was it just to make a ton of money or to take what? Tesla did to the next level. No, they recognize that there's a global problem and that's what's fueling them. Holy Spirit's putting it in their heart right now. And it's really heaven on earth. That's what's happening. Wow. Yep. wow. Man, that is so good. Chris, I'd love for you to tie this into this event. Maybe give us give us a little bit of foundation background for those people that are listening that aren't familiar totally. with the Restore Family and Education event that's coming up in October. Yeah, well, if you guys have been following um, us, some of you will have been, some of you have not probably, but we had the religion one that we did up with Eagle Mountain with Chris and Bobby, and that was amazing. We had uh, the most recent one was arts and entertainment and media, and then this one is going to be education and family, and these are such huge topics right now, and so we've got, we've got, we've handpicked a bunch of people all across the spectrum from education and family, so you'll hear from Danny Silk, you'll hear hear about marriages, you're going to hear about relationships, you're going to hear about like parenting with education. We have some amazing stuff on alternative education. You're going to hear from Bethel Tech. You're going to hear from one of the largest uh, homeschooling networks in the U.S. All sorts of different fascinating conversations just to kind of stir your ideas and stir your creativity, hopefully inspire you to learn more about family education and the many possibilities that exist for you right now. And all these things are kind of picked in mind with the idea of like this conversation, we just want to see where, where are the places where we need to be thinking further ahead than we currently are? Where are the things that we need solutions to? Where are the things that we need that touch of heaven to kind of evolve our thinking and our processing um, for these really, really important areas? And we obviously feel very strongly about family, family, family and education. So we just want to invite you to that. It's going to be an amazing event. Yeah, that is so good. And I just I just want to add into that a little bit is that these events are not just like a typical event where there's a speaker and then we will put a camera in the back of the room and hopefully you can you can hear and see okay. These are literally designed from the ground up to be an interactive experience 
with the with the attendees digitally attending attendees so they're really designed on purpose to be something that you can come in and genuinely learn you're not just sitting with some camcorder in the back of the room they're designed from the ground up to be a digital experience for the attendee and i can safely say from the past two events the the level of content the level of speakers the level of expertise that is brought is not just a regurgitation of things you've heard over and over again. It's truly new, powerful, incredible ideas that I feel like are far more applicable than a lot of people might think. They might think, okay, this is event on family and education, and those don't, those don't apply to me right now. That is nothing could be further from the truth. Even if you don't see yourself directly involved in those mountains, what spoke at these events based on the last two is something that literally everyone needs to understand and might find out that they're more attached into those areas of society than they thought they were. And even if they're not understanding what's happening, what the, what the leaders in that space, the greatest minds in that space are thinking and doing and talking about what's happening is super important. So I would just highly, highly encourage everybody that is listening to this. Absolutely. This is an event you absolutely need to attend. So we have just a couple minutes left. I'd love for each one of you guys to just uh, spend maybe a minute or two. Um, you know, Bobby, let's start with you and talk about why, like everything we've been talking about, the amazing things that Ryan and the guys at Bethel uh, technology school are doing why that's so relevant right now maybe why it's important to attend this event how it all ties together bobby let's start with you yeah absolutely well i have to spend at least 30 seconds of my 90 talking about johnny and elizabeth and how restore seven and the team there puts on excellent events as an apostolic resource center we're super choosy about who we connect with and those guys always have cutting edge thought leaders so if you're thinking about joining this event please do because you're going to get the best of the best of the best of the very best and so that's just what we've come to expect and then you get guys like ryan from bethel tech we just did a, a digital conference with chris valentin and he talked about sq and just everything that the lord's uh releasing right now to solve the world's most pressing problems those are the type of thought leaders that you're going to get and so I'm super excited right now because what this does is it's like Isaiah 40. The Lord is just flexing his own muscles and using his church to do it, saying, is there any God like me? I know not what. And when God has the audacity to say, is there any God like me? I know not one. That means he's about ready to do something that eye is not seen and ear is not heard. So I'm super excited about this new era that we've all stepped into and God's given us grace to do it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Ryan, Ryan, what are your thoughts on the relevancy of just everything we're talking about and how it ties into this event? Yeah, I think it all starts with having this discussion and then asking the Holy Spirit, what is he saying to you? Because we all have a part to play and we all get to work together to do this. We're the body of Christ. And so um, I'm really excited about this conference because, you know, you're, there's attendees that God's going to he, he's going to birth something inside of you that is going to impact the next 10 years, 15, 20, 30 years of your life. But from a measurement of eternity, it's going to impact generations um, through eternity. I think it all starts with that, with just having this dialogue and then asking the Holy Spirit, what is he saying to you? And then listening, trusting, obeying and then moving 
going forward. That's how Bethel Tech was created. And yeah. you have a Bethel, I, you have a Bethel Tech idea inside of you that's just just ready to be uncovered in the invisible realm that you can pull with the Holy Spirit into the physical world. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come so on. Good. All right. Chris, you get the final word. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm so excited about all this stuff that we're talking about. Um, even, you know, just listening to Ryan talk about what they're doing. Um, I, I feel like one of the things that we have to be doing right now is encouraging people to apprehend these moments wherever they are, whether it's like in relationship in their families, whether it's, you know, they've got placed at this position, you know, at a, at a big tech company, whether it is, trying to make the decision on where to send your kid to school, whether it's like, how do I get involved in media or arts and entertainment? What are all these things? I think what, what we're trying to do and what we think we, we always need to be aware of is how can we apprehend the moments that we're in where God has places for the kingdom? Where can we bring some kind of solution to this problem, to this pain, whatever it is that's happening? And I, I think ultimately we just want these events to be about encouraging people with the testimony of things that are happening, highlighting those things, inspiring them to seek the spirit and just like ryan's talking about figure out what that thing is what is that god solution what is that god idea what is that thing that he has made you uniquely um just totally that's in your heart to equip you to, to take you out of the in the world and do this thing and to apprehend these moments for the kingdom and so that's really kind of what what we want to see these events do and that's where our heart is is just where is where is god placing all of us right now we all have that kind of God spark, God idea, God solution birthing inside of us. And we just want to see those things brought to fruition. Man, I let's go. <laughs> I absolutely love it. This, You guys, thank you so much. This conversation has been so awesome. It is so encouraging to hear what you guys are doing. Um, and I just feel like um, like the timing of it, the, the way that you're doing it, the approach you're doing, and the, the fact that you're coming up with solutions. I feel like far too often people are just kind of noisy, glanging kongs, you know, just, just noise. And you guys are actually preparing people with practical information that's helpful right now in society, real solutions. And I feel like we just need more of that. So I'm super excited to hear your talk, Ryan, at the event. Um, uh, if you're listening to this and you have not signed up, find in the description, find the link, click on the link, definitely register. It's absolutely worth it. The registration includes forever access to the replays. So you get forever access to the replays. So even if you can't attend live, it's a totally live event, but even if you can't attend live, you should still buy it because it'll be available for purchase afterwards, but the price will most likely be higher than what it is right now. So take a second, register, you get forever replay access. Join us live if you can, because as I mentioned before, it's a very amazing experience. There's networking opportunities. There's tons of information that you can get and it's interactive. So we build to interact with everything that's happening. It's something that you don't want to miss. So Take a second, register, Ryan and, and, and Chris and Bobby, thank you for spending time on this. This has been an amazing conversation, one that I'm going to have to revisit myself and just rewatch this recording. So thank you again and appreciate you guys and I hope to see everybody at the Restore uh, Family and Education event that's coming right up October 22nd, 23rd. We'll see you guys there.